What if you believed you could achieve any success you want? What would you do differently? What would you think differently? Thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. I'm coming to you from the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. My focus each week is to share with you success tips, insights, and how to do it that help you achieve the results and successes you've always wanted in your business, in your career, and in other areas of your life. Are you ready to uncover the success you've always wanted? Keep listening. Many of us who are sales, marketing professionals, consultants, network marketers, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs know the value of joining the right networking groups. These are great ways to grow our businesses and sales results. They provide us with a sales team when we have the right attitude and participate with a positive attitude. These groups provide professional connections and help us prospect and close sales. So why do many of us find that these groups don't work well for us? Today we're going to talk with an expert in network marketing, or I'm sorry, not network marketing, that was last week. We're going to talk about how to find the right networking groups and create success as a member of any networking group. Some of the issues we will discuss include listening, making a true commitment, paying attention to our energy levels, and handling any other concerns that get in our way of being successful. My guest today is Joyce Foistel. She is a Boomer's social media tutor, and she's going to talk about her experiences in creating and building effective networking groups. And why is she passionate about networking? Some of you may be going, yick. <laughs> Some of you actually may hate it. And there's others like myself who just dearly love it. And then there's most people who are in between. And here's why she's passionate about it. She gets more business from networking than any other source. It creates for her a positive return on investment. She's also a connector, like I am. I love to connect people too. And she loves to connect people and foster connections to help everybody out. And fourth, but not last, she loves to share her expertise and to learn, which is the mark of a good tutor. In a moment, I will have Joyce introduce herself in 20 words or less. As I've mentioned in my earlier podcast and in my book, It's Time to Brag, it's important to keep your intro short and on point to capture others' attention. Joyce, welcome. Hi there. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Great. So in 20 words or less, share with the audience who you are. Well, I help business owners and job seekers become more effective and productive in their use of social media, especially LinkedIn and Facebook. Oh, great. Yeah, you are a much needed tutor. <laughs> that is very true. Because isn't LinkedIn like one of, and Facebook, I don't know about Facebook anymore. I think they've had a, a bit of a downturn, but LinkedIn is still a top resource for business people, correct? Oh, absolutely, Jeanette. And if you were to Google your name, your distinctive name, like my distinctive name, <laughs> uh, you would see five hits on your name would be your LinkedIn profile. Oh, so wow. People should, yeah, exactly. People should know that it's showing up and they have to think, oh my gosh, how do I show up on my LinkedIn profile? So the vast majority of my work with my clients when I tutor, train, teach is on LinkedIn because it is that number one resource for 
business owners and job seekers. Well, and I think that's a nice corollary to our topic today where we're focusing on networking meetings and networking groups because what people normally do after they meet somebody is they go check their LinkedIn or the real smart ones will do it before they meet with somebody, right? Exactly. Yes. Great. Let's get right into it. So why are networking groups important? Well, for many people, not all. But for many people, connecting with others locally, as I said in my original remarks, or you did for me, gives them an opportunity to grow their business. The key is to find the best fit for you, mm. which we'll go into more in a little bit. But okay. I say from a big picture standpoint that if you're connected well locally and established as a go-to person in your field. That networking group is that sales force, as was mentioned. When someone says, oh, I need some help with my LinkedIn, I'm looking for a job, or I have this new business I'm starting. Do you know someone I can talk to? Oh, well, you should call Joyce, because that's her expertise, this LinkedIn. Whatever you do, as long as people are clear and understand what you do, when you are in these different business networking groups, it's one of the best business development tools that you can have. And typically the cost to most groups is fairly inexpensive. There are some that are more than others. So really it's an investment of your time and your energy. That's great. When I first started my business 20, over 27 years ago, that was one of the very first things I did was get very actively involved in networking groups. And out of there, I got some really great clients and some I still have today, 27 years later. Wow. So it's pretty, it's really can be effective. So how do you find the right one since there are hundreds available in every city? It is a bit of overwhelm, I'll admit. One really simple way to start is through Meetup. Oh. A person should have a Meetup account and in it, you put in oh, roughly a dozen or so of your keywords, the kinds of groups you want to know about. And then you say, how far do I want to drive? And Meetup will send you suggested group. Oh. Yes. And that it's is that simple? simple? It can be that simple. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I think a lot of people like, not completely. However, research the group before you would decide to join it or not. Find out who's the person who runs the group, maybe look them up on LinkedIn. Another tip I give to people, if you're already in a meetup, and if you're in a particular group of someone, then go and see what other meetup groups they're in, and they're in such and such group. Would you tell me about it? I suggest that often to people. And it's how I got to BNI, and it's how I've gotten to mm -hmm. many of the other groups I've been involved in throughout the 27 years is that I talk with other people to find out what the value is for them and see if it's gonna work for me. Because not all groups are designed for everybody. Oh my gosh, you're so totally right. And in those one-to-ones that we all should be doing selectively with people in these groups, that is a great time to ask somebody for maybe you're interested in women-oriented Maybe you're interested in groups that are kind of fun-loving, not so buttoned down and all that. So you can just query people as you go. Exactly. Another distinction there, is, and I'm finding this is coming up more 
often as and it's something that's been around for a long time that there are differences between business to business or what we call b2b or b2c meetings or there are also business and trade associations you can find different groups women's groups you mentioned or health focus groups or maybe if you're dealing with something personally there's groups for that i know i'm a member of an author group and i think again all these networking groups make a huge big huge difference exactly and i'm in well one that's pure a B2B group. We just formed a second chapter. And then many of the groups I think are actually more of a blend, the business to consumer mm -hmm. and the business to business. So it, some people say, well, Joyce, why are you a B2B group? Are you really B2B? Well, I think this lady was thinking corporate or something because I specialize so much with entrepreneurs, small businesses who I, they're still businesses. Just exactly. And, you know, there's a group I recently spoke at, and it has what I would call a spiritual underpinning. Mm. Just to give you an example, two things they do at the beginning. There's a list of 20 qualities, and you pick one, and you announce, you, they go around the whole room, like 15, 20 people, and you say that word, and you're going to encompass that quality for the next hour and a half. That's right. a very, very different group. I, yeah. Again, like you mentioned, we've talked about already in the first 10 minutes here, there are just hundreds of different groups. The key here is to zero in to find the right group for you. And before that, be really clear, what is it you're looking for? So are you looking to connect with other business owners or other business professionals? Or are you maybe a multi-level marketing a side hustler somebody like that who's doing network marketing and you're selling a product be really clear what the group will allow you to do because some groups will not allow a network marketer in their group actually that's true <laughs> exactly you're right like for example there's a group i'm in a larger chamber type of group and i'm in a subgroup that's for only business owners so the network marketing person might say well wait a minute i own my own network marketing distributorship let's call it and we would say back to them you have a whole support system over there you have your team your upline your downline all of that a lot of independent business owners like you and me we don't have that so that i'm in there is so wonderful it's not a category specific group either but we're there to support each other and learn from each other that group is very educational oriented and yes i've gotten business out of it but it's more i, I hesitate to say support group but it is a feel of like i get you i understand mm -hmm. some of those challenges you face so i think that's in terms of a focus that's a, a good example where the network marketing is no i really don't think so or like my b2b group no that wouldn't be appropriate either for the network marketing right and again not all groups are formal some are more informal i know i've been members member of a different groups that meet informally so we might meet once a week or once a month but we meet different places we don't always meet the same day the same time and it's a much smaller group. So 
my point here for our listeners is that be clear what you need for you. If you're in business, what do I, what's my goal here? Because not all groups are focused on having a sales force. Some are maybe what we call more of a mastermind group or mm-hmm. some focus, which is not our focus today. Our focus is on business and sales. And the other thing that Joyce mentioned as well is, are they free or mm-hmm. do they have annual or quarterly dues? So be really clear when you're trying to find the right group, what are your goals? And don't be afraid of joining one where there is a fee. I have paid fees before, but again, those types of groups have been very beneficial. And part of the reason for it is because they've paid to be there, they're normally there and they are more committed to getting something out of it. Part of that's just a, a, a human mindset, if you will. That's a really good point. And I have certainly gotten a lot of value out of groups that are free, but the commitment there is not the money, but just what you said about showing up, going there and having a regular presence. Some groups, of course, have requirements. Now, that's a really important consideration. So say you're looking at sort of traditional leads group, we'll use that word. It might mean weekly. It might mean, say, twice, twice a month, gotten more common. And many of these groups have the expectation that if you miss more than X amount of times per quarter, per year, whatever they set it up for, you can no longer be in that group. And I think that's a really very fair and reasonable situation. Now, there can be sometimes exceptions seasonally. Perhaps you let the accountant come once a month instead of twice a month. That's what we're doing in one of my groups. Or our poor IT lady who's just, her hair is coming out over Windows 10 issues, working day and night. She's having to take about a three-month, two or three-month leave of absence. Mm-hmm. Well, another IT, if maybe another IT person shows up, will you let that person in? But you might think, well, we can wait for so-and-so. She's like been in a group for five years. She just hit kind of a busy spell. Or they have a baby or, you know, things like that. So I think most groups have a heart. You understand people have outside, you know, considerations. I just think that is something that's really important. Like for me, if a group meets weekly, especially if they're in the morning, they are not my people. Right. We'll talk a little that. bit more about that in a moment. But you're absolutely right. Let's talk about the people that are successful. So we've talked about how to select the right group, some things to pay attention to in selecting that group. And there are people that are very successful in participating in networking groups. And I would assert that one of the primary reasons is that they embrace a saying by Ivan Meisner, who's the founder of BNI, which has been around for over 27 years. I was a, a member back when I first got started. He has a saying, givers get. What is it that these people who are successful do differently than others? I like to use the word generosity of spirit and also even the word servant leader, if you will, because I think it has to do with caring so much about the other person that they pick up on it. What's the classic line? People don't care about what you do until you know you care about them. 
Correct. So when you're like Ivan and you have this generosity just deep in your heart and your soul, and people can really feel it almost. They're like so attracted to you. They're like, Joyce is really listening, as we've discussed previously. Joyce is really listening to me. She's paying attention. She's taking note. She's seeing who else she knows of that might be able to help me. Wow. I appreciate Joyce. So I think it's that you bring to the experience that is critical. Otherwise, people are like, well, she's just in it for her. And that comes across really quick. You can catch those people pretty much early on. Generosity of spirit is a great term that you just introduced that I hadn't considered before. There are people who, I would assert, don't have a generosity of spirit, unless, of course, there's something in it for them. That doesn't mean that their leads or their introductions aren't just as important. It just means it's probably fewer and farther in between the times. Mm -hmm. And I would also assert to be a good participant, a good member, is that you truly listen to people. I sat next to a woman at a networking group one time, and she's busy texting. She's just waiting for her turn to stand up and speak. And this was somebody, I was shocked, this is somebody who is really out there and really embraces networking. And I reached over and I said, we don't do that here. And that happens a lot where people are not listening. It shows up in your commitment. A lot of people say, well, I am committed to the group, but you rarely see them attend. I'm so glad you brought up the phone, Jeanette. What I would just like to suggest is that if you're leading a group, and we haven't even gotten to that, consider having a set of rules, simple, simple rules. One of those rules can be put your phone away. Put and turn the ringer off. <laughs> yes. Put your phone away. Well, before you put it away, turn it off. Right. Okay. Put it away. Put it in your purse. Put it in your pocket. Put it under your chair. And look and at turn that ringer off. I mean, there's people that, you know, they put their phone away, but then it vibrates. <laughs> Everybody's going, whoa, where's that coming from? It's very distracting. I like to see people be present for each other. I am so on the same page with you, Jeanette, because why did you take that hour out of your day and come hang out with these people if you were going not going to be there with them, for them, for yourself. And I think we live in such a distracted society that people have bad habits. I agree. And I think one of the worst habits that we've acquired since the 1990s is multitasking. It's been, I mean, there's even classes on how to multitask. The problem is, is our brain is only wired to do one thing well at a time. And when you're at one of these meetings, like you've mentioned, we're spending our time, our business time, our sales time in this meeting, and yet we're not being present. And when you're present and you're being mindful, you're going to hear new opportunities that otherwise you would miss. Has that been your experience? Oh, yes. It could be just a little phrase they say or something about a person they mentioned. And you might have thought, oh, that person doesn't look that interesting. I don't think I'll bother to do a one-to-one -one with them. Maybe they'll ask me, I guess I'll have to say yes, probably. So you're thinking of all that, not, you know, you're paying attention, 
might run through your mind. Then they say that little nugget and you go, whoa, whoa, hey, you know, there's something that they said in that that makes me want to know more about them. I think I will be more open to that one-to-one. -one. And oh my goodness, it could just go in so many great directions because you changed your attitude, maybe your prejudgments, whatever that might be about anybody from any any way. Like I'm old, okay? I'll put that out there. I'm 71. So oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't look you don't look 71. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. <laughs> you don't sound 71. I no. mean, your audience can't see you, so <laughs> you don't sound 71. So the reason I bring that up, they might see initially this older lady sitting there and thinking, why is she even here? You know, shouldn't she be retired somewhere? So I'm here, and then I start talking about LinkedIn, even in 30 seconds, and they're like, whoa, what was that she said? I didn't really? So again, their preconceptions are just gone. Because and, and they're already starting to redesign their LinkedIn page because they know it's not a good representation of who they are. And it's go, well, maybe this woman can really help me. There's a lot of gray heads, and I call myself that too. But there's a lot of us who are, have gray hair that are not retired. And we're not planning on retiring in the next year or so. And we have a lot of value. We have a lot of expertise. And I think that's another point, though, is to, number one, keep our minds open. So if you're a millennial or a Gen Zer or a Gen Xer, us baby boomers can still help you. And also keep in mind that we've already been through a lot of the challenges and issues that you're going to be experiencing. So it, meeting people, regardless of their age, how they look, or et cetera, is important because it will expand your network. I know I attended a meeting one time where I just like, oh, I don't know that that's going to be a good contact for me. But being in the spirit of connecting, I connected with the guy anyway, and we ended up creating a program together that was successful. These and, things can help. And I'd like to just chime in that those of us in the baby boomer generation, in turn, need to be open to working with and collaborating with all the other generations, even the youngest, youngest now, Z, digital native, it has different names. Exactly. So I think that we have more in common than we have. I would agree. And I remember meeting with a young woman out of a network meeting. We created a program. It was a different situation than what I just mentioned a minute ago. We created a program and we did a series of six workshops for people who are looking for work and we're still in communication and contact with each other and with people who had attended. It was just, it was like one of those things where we were giving back, but it also opened up our business. It opened up other possibilities and opportunities for us. And one of the things that I noticed that we did was we referred other people. That's a big piece here that a lot of times people forget when you attend a networking meeting, you need to open up that, that file with all your business cards in it, whether it be on your phone. Those of us who are baby boomers know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> However, that's a very antiquated term because yeah. some of our listeners don't know what that is, but what it is for those of you who don't know is it's a card file <laughs> with all the business cards. <laughs> and so if you don't have a CRM, that's, that's, again, something to keep in mind. Keeping all your network member participants' cards in that CRM and being a resource to them 
I think is really critical in being successful. And that's what people who are successful are willing to do. Do you, do you have anything to add to that, Joyce? Oh, I think you've summed it up really well. What I do is I have a contact um, CRM. I'm going to say contact resource management. Yes. I guess the middle word. I have a particular one I like. And the nice thing is it's in the cloud so I can access it from my phone. Oh, wow. Yes. Because I have people in there who I don't have in my phone. I notice a lot of people, as soon as you connect with them, you meet them at the, and they'll put you in your, they'll put you in their phone. But maybe because I am older, I don't know. I don't just put all these random people in my phone. Then I start getting texts from these people like, who is this? Anyway, <laughs> so usually I figure it out by the context. But yeah, so that's a nice thing. Oh, and you know what? If I can plug LinkedIn again. So if I go to LinkedIn, maybe I, and I want more information somehow, it's actually quicker. So I look them up on LinkedIn and I go down to the very bottom of their profile, sometimes their phone number, but always their email. So that's been super handy. I just did that with a guy today who I know from a networking group. And I said, wait a minute, let me just look him up quick on, on LinkedIn. And I had all, the, I didn't have his business card, but I had his LinkedIn. Ha! Well, and I did that one time where I'm providing a showcase. It's a virtual showcase on a product, helping employers, leaders, bosses, do a better job of engaging their employees. And there were a couple people that I'm connected with on LinkedIn that I was trying to share this with. But it was fascinating to me that they did not provide an email address. They did not provide a phone number. And I'm going, you know, when you're in business and you're serious about attracting business, make it easy for people to get in contact with you. <laughs> so, amen. Amen. Exactly. We mentioned earlier energy level. So what, is, what does that mean and how does that impact our commitment and our results when it comes to networking meetings? Well, I was thinking about this last night, Jeanette, in preparation for our podcast. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is time of day. Mm, okay. I said earlier, if it's in the morning and it's weekly, you can kiss that group goodbye for me. And why is that? I've been a night owl ever since I was in high school and I would stay up by myself at the dining room table doing extra credit math problems. I'm not making this up. I was a geek. I'm from a family of seven and it was, I like to have that little bit of time to myself. I shared a bedroom with my sister. So there I am just staying up late because I'm a night owl just the way my body is wired. So therefore, how did I ever get up and go to work every day? That's a whole nother question. But now that I have my own schedule, I can stay up late. I can get up when I, you know, early if I have to, I change that. So, but to show up someplace and be really present and bring my natural energy to it, usually morning isn't my best time of day. Another bad time of day for me is that 5 to 7 p.m. And that's also tricky when that's combined with these after hours, meet and greet, how are you? Do I want to get a glass of wine? I don't know, because then I'll get tired. For me, those can be harder unless I really know these people well, and then I can do all my cool connect. So the point is there's a couple factors. One is time of day, your natural biorhythms, and the other is the nature of the group and the structure. I'm in several groups where you get to go around so you know who's everybody is there, and that's nice. I like that part. That gives me energy. And another way I get energy is... In some groups, you may not know everybody there, a lot of people, but they'll give you a chance at your table. 
to talk each of you for maybe half a minute on a particular theme. Now that's really cool because then you get a little bit more of a tiny bit of a deep dive into okay, how our group structure, where, how do I feel afterwards? Do I walk out of there energized and like really ready to go? Or I'm like, oh, just exhausted. So, and I know introverts and extroverts are obviously different too. I'm an off the chart extrovert. So I can be feeling kind of almost under the weather and I go to a group and then I'm like, la, 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 and party time almost. So <laughs> you got it check a lot of things and know yourself well know yourself but also if you are employed sometimes your sales manager is going to expect you to go in the morning and you're going to need to get yourself energized to go do that or maybe it's a noon time and sometimes people i'm a member of a noon time group it's a great time to eat and connect sometimes that works for people and sometimes it doesn't again based on do they interact directly with customers or are they more or less a facilitator? And then the evening ones, you're right. It, is that something you enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. the, here's the downside if you don't. If you don't find one that you feel like is a good fit for you, you're not going to attend. You don't attend, you're not going to get a referral or a lead, or you're not going to be introduced to somebody that you really might want to meet mm -hmm. and connect with it's a great i mean i've had that happen where you go and you're introduced to somebody and you don't think a lot about it but you follow up and you connect and then they introduce you to a huge big huge opportunity the yeah. other is if you are somebody who is so distracted at noontime because you've got all these different fires to put out you're probably going to be failing to follow up and follow through and that is that's a huge, huge issue. I've seen that happen with a guy who was really gung-ho about being part of the group, but he never followed up. He never followed through. He didn't, never got my business because of that. And so I went to one of his competitors because I needed something in the moment. There's a couple other things that, such as engaging in gossip or sharing confidential information or a couple of other things that will drain your energy. You may not think anything about it in the moment. However, if that comes back to haunt you, or if you leave not feeling really peppy, look to see, were you there talking about what you could create or were you there talking about other people? Oh, all of those things. And what I thought about when you were talking about the noon hour group is that if you have demands on you, if you are a business owner, or like you say, the sales manager or a salesperson, who might have a really important customer call you. Well, if that happens occasionally, just step out of the meeting and address it offline. Maybe text that person and saying, I'm in a meeting now, can I call you back in a half hour? So it depends if that happens a lot, because if you're sitting there on pins and needles, wondering, oh, is this gonna happen or that gonna happen? Then probably an early morning group is better for you because you go there, People aren't going to expect you at 7 a.m. necessarily to answer a text, you would hope. So you're there and you're getting your business, your networking done, and you're out of there by 8, 8.30 maybe. Perfect. Now exactly. You focus on your business world during your business day. So it, it depends on the nature of your position, kind of work you do, a lot of variables. But that is a really important consideration. That's a perfect segue into 
how do I maximize my time and my results? In my book, It's Time to Brag, Business Edition, I devote all of chapter nine to talking about networking works and how to do it effectively. Most people show up and say, oh, well, what do you like to do? Or, oh, um, well, you look nice today. How did you get connected with this group? Or how do you know so-and-so? That's not being effective. Yeah, you might want to do a little bit of that just to get on the same page. However, what you really want to do is deep dive into, tell me about your business. Tell me about what some of your challenges are. What you're doing there is to expand your knowledge. And I know this topic is probably something for a separate podcast since we're talking about networking meetings. As, I'm sorry, networking groups, not networking meetings. Is there anything there that you'd like to add? Because I know one-on-ones are just critical. Anything else that's really critical to really attracting interest in networking meetings? Okay, so there you are doing your 30 to 45 second introduction. Picture yourself being there. First off, stand up. Mm. Especially in those rooms where there's like 10 people on one side of this big old table. Yes. And you're vertically challenged, like me as I've been shrinking. (laughs) So if I stand up, people, A, they'll see you. B, they will hear you better. C, you'll have more energy when you share what you're going to share. So that's one. Stand up. Second. Be specific. Talk about, I do social media with LinkedIn, particularly for people 45 years and up who have small businesses and offer a service. Now, that's still pretty big picture, but I put an age in. I might even say women are 70% of my clientele. Now we've added that dimension. So things like that. So you've niched yourself. Yes. And one more niche or example. Tell a recent success story. you love this because it's all about the bragging, but it, it's just saying, after I worked with so-and-so, she was so excited. Her, she was getting more attention on LinkedIn, and now she's got the job of her job. So something like that. It could be anything um, or maybe even a surprise you had. I've spoken to a group that's mainly women in their 20s and 30s. This is not my target market, Jeanette, and yet I've had business come to me through that of these young gals who are looking to change a job or they just got let go. So they, I say LinkedIn is age agnostic. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of times we just think it's for the younger people or so-and-so it's no, it's for all of us in business. It's how we get to know each other. This has been a great conversation talking about networking groups that for most people, the the number one thing here is make a true commitment. Don't just join a group, put your name on the roster and think it's done, particularly in a business trade association. Out of sight is out of mind. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to make these groups work for you, you need to show up, you need to listen, you need to participate. You need to keep those intros really short and you need to listen. And I cannot stress that enough. I've seen too many people go and they, they don't even know who they were talking with. To me, that's just very, very sad. Thank you for your insights. Any other particular insight that you want to share, Joyce, that we may have missed? Because I think we've touched on some of the major points in this conversation. I think one of the hardest things can be exiting an organization. Mm. I'll think back to one I was in for two years. It was in the morning. It was weekly. 
it was a lead group with, you know, I heard these same spiels over and over and over again, and they wouldn't mix it up. The first year I got my money back and the second year I didn't. So it was pretty clear that I needed to leave. And yet, when you have breakfast with the same people every Wednesday for two years, they kind of become your friends. Uh-huh. And that was hard. And just going to them and saying, I love you guys. I refer people to you. This group just it isn't fit for me. And luckily I had this other entity that I was wanting to go to more. And so it's, I still have folks from a, a, a group that I helped to start. I was in it for 13 years. 12 years, maybe. At any rate, they're still trying to guilt trip me about coming back. But there's a reason I left. So stick <laughs> well, by I miss your you. <laughs> stick by your guns and stay that and, and be, be open, be kind, but, you know, take care of yourself and know when it's, when it's time to step away. Don't apologize for taking care of yourself. I think yeah. that, that's key. But also leave graciously. Sometimes yeah. you've expired your welcome, so to speak. It doesn't mean that you haven't gotten business out of it. It doesn't mean you, you're not of value. It just means things have changed and it may be time for you to move on. So pay attention to that, but don't blame the group or blame others because that will come back to bite you. And I've seen that happen way too often. And it leaves a negative attitude towards the person. You're right. You're absolutely right. So this has really been a great conversation, Joyce. And my favorite wrap-up question is, what does success mean to you? For me, success is for my personal life, more really my business life, I should say. Success happens for me when I see people embracing LinkedIn, Facebook, other social media. Embrace it, maybe not with gusto, but yet they have an openness to it. They, they have more fun with it. They're more engaged with it. They're at, that's so huge. And then... Hopefully they have achieved their goals. They find their job. Their business starts to grow. They gain that power partner. So they see they're getting results using these social media tools where I've opened their eyes and showed them how simple a lot of things are. And they're not in overwhelm anymore. They're having a change of attitude and of heart. And that just really makes me feel good. I love that. What you've said showcases you in that you really committed to other people's success. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here today. For our listeners, the URL for Joyce Foistel's website is provided in the podcast overview for On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time success. Thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. Tune in next week for more insights on how to achieve the success you've always wanted with my straight talk for dynamic results. Until next week, enjoy a successful week.